Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Chris Blue, and I'm today's Man of the Hour. You're listening to the Men of the Hour podcast, and today's guest is someone I've considered a man of the hour since I saw him win The Boys Season 12. Chris Blue is on the show today. But before we get into the episode with Chris, I wanted to emphasize how grateful the Men of the Hour team and I are that you're here with us right now. And if you're listening for the first time, we would love your thoughts by leaving a rating and review right here on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And if you're a returning listener and haven't reviewed the show yet, we would also love your thoughts as we want this to be the best experience possible for you and you only. Now back to Chris Blue. As you could imagine, life as a singer-songwriter has its highs and lows, but it's also a life you get to create anywhere at any time. Quite fascinating if you ask me. Chris and I are about to get into an hour-long chat that I know will inspire you to give yourself permission to rest, start fresh when needed, and keep going in the direction that makes the most sense for you. Here it is. he's getting ready right now, I'm going to introduce Chris Plew, a man that I've considered a man of the hour for quite some time since I first saw him in 2017. And he won, he smack dab won the entire season of The Voice with Alicia Keys as his coach. And he's been on such an extraordinary journey since then. Chris, you are you're someone that I've looked at for the last couple of years, and I, I've not only followed, but I've been trying to get your ass on a show like this now <laughs> and actually talk for an hour. I want to <laughs> learn more about you, man, but we've we've become friends over some time. I've interviewed you before, but it was on a shorter um, you know, time bracket or whatever, man. But where, uh, where do we start, right? I want you to tell me where we're going to start this interview, because I could start it at The Voice. I could start <laughs> it at the pandemic. I could start it at Alicia Keys being your coach. But where do you want to start this podcast? I mean, if it's about the man, like, you know, let's start it in the very beginning, like when it all all started. And for me personally, not just for the world, but for me, let's start it. Let's go to Polk County, Florida. Let's Polk go to County, Florida. Polk County, Florida, man. Before you let's said that, to- I would think you were born and raised in Knoxville. No, not at all. Where Polk County, Florida is where you were raised now. So that's where I was born. Yeah, it was, it's kind of crazy. Like, I'm a little conflicted, Justin. Like, so I was born in Florida. And somewhat raised in Florida, but the bulk of my life, I was, I've been in Knoxville. So don't you think a lot of people are like that nowadays? You, you could be born. So I was born in Japan. And then two years later, we moved to New Mexico and then we stayed there for three years. Same like you spent a couple years here, a couple years there. You get to kind of choose your home. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, now, right? <laughs> now I can't, <laughs> you know, before I didn't have a choice, you know what I mean? Uh, um, yeah. But but life was good, man. Um, I really, 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 I love my roots. You know, back in Florida. You know, a lot of people don't know this about me, but Florida really helped shape and cultivate uh, the man that you were looking at today, as well as Knoxville. And a lot of my Florida friends and family and homies be like, "Hey, bro, what about us? Like, you forget it. You forget us when you talk about you know in your, your interviews. Like, you don't ever mention us." So I'm just like, man, you know what? I'm not gonna do that to y'all. I gotta shout out Florida. Because right. that's really, before Knoxville, yeah. it was Florida. That's where it all really, really started. Wow. Why Why then Florida to Knoxville? Can you give us that? Man, such a long story, man. And it's really like a, a, a faith God thing that happened with my mom. Uh, my parents uh, divorced when I was like seven or eight years old. And my mom was, you know, raising all seven of us by herself at the time. And yeah, seven, I said it, seven of them things. And she was in her, at the time, I think mama was in her mid thirties, mid to late thirties, mm-hmm. raising us. So imagine being 37, 38, raising seven kids by yourself, working, work, hold on, working two to three jobs right craziness like i think about her story now and i'm just like this lady is seriously like a superhero superwoman right yeah wonder woman man they should have got her because she she's just phenomenal so anyway um (laughs) i was seven eight years old parents divorced um and my mom was you know working hard and doing a lot but she felt like we needed more you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She felt like we needed to be exposed to more, um, you know, have more opportunities to just to do different things. But she didn't want to just, you know, move to 
uh, uh, you know, in LA or Nashville, because you know, money was still tight. It was just sure. one person raising raising seven kids. So uh, mm-hmm. she was just praying and praying and praying and praying. And then one day, she said, God told her she wants He wants her to move to to Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee, of all places. And it's a super long story, but long story short, it was like an audible voice she heard. And then we literally packed up everything or sold what we had and moved to Knoxville. And then the rest is history because Knoxville had, I think Knoxville treats people very well, right? Oh you know, I can't, help, I can't help but think about your mom when and she was reacting when you had won. Um, she, you know what? A part of me thinks she was genuinely happy. Another part of me thinks she was like, damn, now Chris can take care of the other six kids. Right. <laughs> You know that was in there somewhere, right? I hope mom is around. Uh, I love your mom. I remember watching her on TV, and I was an intern that summer at Channel 10, where both you and I know, uh, straight yeah. from the heart. It's one of the best stations in the country. Yep. And I remember watching your mom when you had won. And it, it's one of those moments where there's nothing like a mother's love. I've said it on this show with, with guests like Ricky Whittle, um, Gabriel Iglesias. Like when you are raised a certain way by your mother, damn. That's yeah. And like, there's this, there's this iconic photo after I won where like me and all my family on stage and we're pointing up, right? Everybody's pointing up, you know, but my mom's back is turned to the camera and she's facing me while everyone else's like eyes and arms and like we're pointing up her back is toward the camera and she's facing me. And yo, I got to show you this, yo, this photo yeah. is hilarious. She the whole time is telling me all the people that I need to thank and the people I need uh-huh. to remember and be like, yo, thank this person, thank this person. And she, it's 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 a it's an inside joke to our family now because the whole time she was saying, thank this person, thank this person. Yep. She just kept repeating, thank Florida, thank Florida, thank Florida the whole time. There's so that's why. Shout out Florida. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Look, Floyd, y'all got love. You got right. love. You got to pay attention. If anywhere, it's on this one. We'll make sure you know, Florida, you got some love here. Wait, I love that because moms are so good about that and that they will always remind you where you came from, how you were raised, and more importantly, who brought you up. Yeah. And if yeah, they got to sure. whoop your ass to tell you that, they will. <laughs> and I know your mom whooped your ass to tell oh, yeah. you that because it was the no, same no, thing for no Right. And, and my mom's Japanese. So it was 10 times worse than that. She didn't have to tell you. She just had to look at you and say, right. <laughs> Those were the worst, right? The looks. The worst. I'm more afraid of the looks than I am the actual beating sometimes. Well, it's the, it's the little, it's the urge of disappointment that be coming around the corner if you don't do what they tell you to do or do something yeah. right. But anyway, I mean, you won. Uh, it's how a lot, a lot of people have discovered you since then. Your time at The Voice, and we'll, we'll fast forward there because I think when you're on live television, especially back then when live TV was actually filled with audiences and the energy was just different, um, there's... I mean, there's probably so much that you think you could now say has changed your life because of a show like The Voice, um, you know, yeah. and for you and your family, and we'll include them in this too, how has The Voice changed, you know, your trajectory now and how you and your family will continue to live your life? Now that everybody knows you, right? Like, that's a huge thing. People, people are always going to associate Chris Blue with being the winner of a, uh, the 12th season of The Voice. Right. You know, um, it's, been, it's been a huge blessing. I, at first, when when I won and, and we came off the show, it was really, really hard for a few people. Um, not me, though, because funny enough, like, I I enjoy, you know, being around people. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy meeting new people. So it was like, oh, snap, I get a, I get a pass to, like, meet a whole bunch of new people. And, oh, you know, this, is, this, was, this was pre-COVID, so it was safe to, like, shake hands and hug and kiss babies, you know what I'm saying? now not so much don't don't come near me um, <laughs> you're gonna get yourself in trouble there if you don't right <laughs> um but it was cool at first man and and for a lot of my family like my uncles uh, my aunts like people would approach them and say hey i saw on your facebook page or i saw on your this page that you know chris blue and they you know it just opened up a, an, an opportunity for conversation like yeah that's my nephew or yeah that's my cousin and so it would like kind of put them on the map so to speak and so I get a lot of calls and a lot of love from my family that say, thank you for doing what you've done to, you know, help bring some more light and some love into my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people started treating my family differently in a good way. Oh, good. Um, once they knew like, oh, you're related to Chris 
or you or or you know Chris, like y'all are close, like friends, same thing. Um, and so that's that's good, but then it, it brings up another conversation, conversational piece, which mm-hmm. is like, why do we treat certain people differently? You 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 know where I'm going with that, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it was cool, but then it was like it got me thinking. Mm. Got me thinking. I mean, what did have you thinking about? I think that with I know exactly where you're going with that. It's that people who are who are uh, celebrity or notable are always going to be treated on a high horse, and sometimes yeah. their family, for good and bad reasons, get on that train with them, and it could lead to a lot of different things. I mean, you look at childhood stars, for example. Could you imagine growing up as a childhood star in Hollywood? Absolutely not. When they tell those stories, I'm like, I don't want to be go. I don't want to go to getaway camp like a Paris Hilton situation or whatever. And listen, that's their story. That was their upbringing. But for yeah. you, luckily, it did happen a little later in your life where the stardom then came in and, and the attraction and the celebrity followed with that. Uh, but elaborate. I mean, I feel like from your POV, it's really interesting now because it hasn't stopped. I mean, your name's always going to stay household for the most part, especially as a musician. Yeah, man. Um, it's again, I've always something that I've kind of struggled with, to be honest with you, just to be completely transparent. Um, because at the end of the day, um, most of us, all of us, you cut us open, we'll, you'll see red blood, you know, for the most part. Um, we, we, we are all one and connected at one. And, and I get the, hierarchy or the the ranking in our our minds of you know certain human beings to others but does that necessarily make it the right thing to do like should we really put people you know on this high pedestal because when we do that history has has shown us that those individuals let us down at one point or another Mm -hmm. right and then you find yourself in an emotional um you know position that's not extreme. That's not very healthy because you had this, you know, this idea of this human, and then that idea all crumbled when you realize, oh snap, they're human. Yeah. You know, like I can't tell you how many times I've been around people, you know, before and after the voice, like yep. people that I looked up to, people that I considered, you know, you know, idols in my mind, you know, people that inspire me, and 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 and, and celebrities, athletes, you know, you name it. That I've been around and I'm just like, yo, I just wanted a picture and they wasn't feeling it that day. Yeah. And the person that I got wasn't the person that I remember look, looking up to for all those years. Mm. So it's kind of like, yo, it like, it checked me. Right. That's, you know, cause at first it was like, yo, that's you a rude son of, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. take my picture. Like I've been supporting you all this time, but then it, it checked me to say, you know what? That is a human being. Right. Sometimes I feel like it. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, and and some of us are stronger than others in that area where it's like, all right, you know what? Like me personally, like I take a picture with everybody. Like you ask for a picture, I'll give you a picture. You know, you want to autograph nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, if I'm being honest, I'm going to sign the autograph for you because mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my tolerance level and my, my appreciation. I don't want to say my appreciation, but I've just made the conscious decision to seriously go above and beyond for all the people who've shown me love and supported me. Everybody else, they made that, that, that decision, you know, Mm. like they like their, their, their space and their me time. And especially now with COVID, like you got to be extremely careful. So yeah, yeah, that's just kind of my take on it, man. Like it kind of really enlightened me and exposed some things, you know, um, that I didn't quite understand Mm. before going on the show. And after the show, it like, completely opened my eyes to a lot of different things and it's why i've admired you because i've been watching that about you i think that it comes across very well that you will always stay humble the word is humble i'm going to put it on your your uh, your championship belt and your award that we'll send you soon we got this <laughs> we actually do we're, we're gonna so the, for the 20 plus guys who've already been on the show we're sending out acrylic awards um so, so be on the lookout, bro. I'm telling oh. you, we like to do the most on the show. So we're going to do the most on the show again, because uh, you and I are going to have a fun game at the end of this. Listen, I think it's all about what can you keep uh, revolutionizing about whatever you're building, and you've done that. But, uh, but back to this idea again, that you will always stay humble, and you will always be, and it's not just that you're from the South, Florida, Tennessee, raised, like, that might have some part to do with it, but it was your upbringing, it was your mom, it was your, your the way that your household was built, you yeah. don't 
want to lose that. That's something very special to you. The fact that you've built this for your family now, and because of your incredible angel of a, or a voice of an angel type singing abilities, that then brought you a lot more opportunities. Um, and for you to have gone through something like the voice, I would even say a lot of people who do that are so blind, right? Not to mention the blind auditions, right? Uh, uh, I did that. They're blind even before the blind auditions, <laughs> but people are blind when they are uh, in such big Hollywood lights, live television, Alicia Keys is your coach. And they're just like, oh, and it gets to their head. And then those same people could end up as A-listers one day in whatever part of the industry. And yeah. then you have someone there that someone like you and I might look up to and say, oh man, just wanted a picture and you weren't feeling it, but that's my remembrance of you. I think you've had probably quite, because of the way you are, are able to give a lot of people a different idea of who Chris really, Chris Blue really is. And, and for that, I can't, I mean, listen, if that's the reason you're man of the hour, shit, I knew that was the reason you were man of the hour, but, <laughs> but that's your perspective, you know? And I think too, my next question for you is about being in Knoxville as opposed to moving. I remember asking yeah. you this before, uh, but tell us when you thought about where this music career would have gone after The Voice and having worked with Alicia Keys, and I know you were, you know, the, the Voice contestants are always signed to a label immediately after. It's part of kind of that package of winning a live sh competition show, you know, but you decided to go independent. You decided not to move to the epicenter of like Hollywood, LA, or even Nashville, to be honest. Um, but when you stayed in Knoxville, what grounded you in that decision? And then why'd you ultimately decide to go independent while staying in Knoxville? Um, honestly, man, it's, it's, it's an easy answer. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect, right? After winning the show, like I had an idea of what I thought would happen or could happen, but I, you, you don't really know what will happen. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. The, the industry is ever evolving and the world is ever evolving and changing. So it could, it could have went left, right, Northwest, Southwest, like it could have went all kinds of directions. It could have went everywhere. Yeah. So the thing that really stuck out to me was Knoxville is a place that, and I call it pandemic proof, you know, in a sense, right. In order to have a uh, pandemic proof, brand or being a pandemic proof situation you have to have three major things you have to have a group of people um that that believe in you a group of people uh that love you and a group of people that are cheering you on you got to have that in your circle right and so that's kind of one of the things that's been kind of keeping me even through the pandemic. Like there, there are people around me that I believe God has placed in my life, which I'm so grateful for, that believe in me. Like whatever I do, they're right there. Like, yo, I believe I got you. I'm buying a ticket. I'm, you know, I'm going to support people that love me like, no matter what, like whatever you're doing, Chris, I want to be involved. How can I help? What can I do? How can I be a part? How can I bring value to your life? Mm -hmm. And then people that are cheering me on, people that are like, I want to see you win. I want to see you go far. I want to see it. Not only do I believe that it will happen, but that's what I want to see. Mm -hmm. And so when you put all of that energy together, you know, you're going to get a beautiful outcome because, yeah. because you got all the support. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Like, I really believe that 90, 90 to 95% of musicians who don't quote unquote make it, probably aren't making it because they are in a market that don't fully support them. Mm. Right? You got the LA's of the world and the, and the New York's and the Atlanta's and the Nashville, like some of the hottest uh, music meccas, you know, in our country. But those are also super large ecosystems. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the oceans is like massive. You feel me? And you're this tiny, small little fish Right. And it's ginormous ocean. And that's okay as long as you have the support system and the team around you. Mm -hmm. Most artists, I don't think it's a case where they aren't working hard. I think they don't have that team. They don't have that support. Mm. Because what I've learned in the business is you're going to have ebbs and flows. You're going to have ups and downs. Like it really is a roller coaster. You know what I mean? And so, right. like, I've had high, 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 high days in the business, and I've had some some not so high days, but we've on average been able to kind of maintain a level, 
You, you feel what I mean? Oh, and yeah. it's because of the support system that I have. So why yeah. stay in Knoxville? Because I got people around me, no matter what, if I'm the A-lister or the, the Z-lister, right? you feel me? They still love me as if I'm the A-lister. They still support me as if I'm the A-lister. They're going to buy tickets as if I'm the A-lister. They're going to be right. here for me. And not just, you know, financially, monetarily to just kind of love on me, but man, they're always cheering for me. They always like, yo, our champion is that dude. That's oh. our champion. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's the, it's the people. It's the people around you. You can make it in any market. We we shared the last time we talked. Greatness has no geographical location. I have to. I pretty nuts it out. It's going to my wall <laughs> next. To, when this thumbnail for you and I's episode gets created, you know, episode whatever that number is, and Chris Blue on Men of the Hour. Uh, you're right. Greatness has no matter. geographical location. It does not. Doesn't. It does not. The country. And as long is, as, yeah. yeah, and as long as I maintain my excellence, and I'm excellent in, in everything I do, right? Because I firmly mm-hmm. believe that excellence does not have an off switch. You cannot turn that thing on and off. Right. Does not have an off switch. You got to remain on. You got to be excellent all the time. So all that's time. what you're responsible for. You take care of your part, and you've got the team of people around you that are loving on you, believing in you, and cheering you on. Everything else will take care of itself. It's just a matter of time at that point. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is in God's hands a lot of times anyway. Like you said, it could be the universe working for you, God working for you to bring these people in your life. Uh, But I would wonder sometimes that a lot of folks don't think they are either working hard enough to build those circles of support and love, you know, and compassion from other people and oftentimes blame themselves because of that. So how have you brought such good people into your life I mean, you got a good family too. Let's talk about that. I mean, you got great people. You, you've brought them in your life though. You're also like, you know, I talked about this idea of a security blanket in the past where, you know, you do want to be careful who you're bringing in, how often you're bringing certain people in, how often you're, you know, spending time with people and socializing as opposed to giving to Chris Blue. Yeah. But when, I mean, maybe there wasn't a point in time for you where you had to think about this really, but if you did, where did you begin to build that support system or did it just exist? And if it did just exist for those who are looking to build a support system, how do you think they could do it? Man, I think it has a lot to do with the the law of attraction, right? You attract, you attract who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so for me, I I am, I'm just who I am. Mm -hmm. And I've stopped, I stopped apologizing about who I am a long time ago. Mm-hmm. it is what it is i am who i am i'm gonna love god i'm gonna love family i'm gonna love people and i love the way love feels that's right. just what it is right and so those are the type of people that i attract like my life becomes automated because i don't have to think about certain decisions anymore like i don't have to think about the people that i need around me my core values and my morals it, it automates those decisions like i know I want people who love God. I want people who love family. I want people who love, you know, people. Like I want those people. So when I'm interacting with people who don't, you know, line up or who are in alignment with my core values and what I stand for and what I believe in, it naturally don't work. And you'll clearly see the writing on the wall. And you have to stop and tell yourself, no. (laughs) Basically. like Don't be nice. If it's not working out, you got to figure out why and move the hell on too many people. And that's what I meant to get to is that they're putting themselves sometimes in situations that is not, it's just not going to work. And you have to realize that, especially with relationships, Chris, because that's, listen, you choose. Absolutely. Look, you just said it. I'll probably say it probably started there before I got like married and all of that. Like, bro, I was, I had options before the voice. I had options. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, I'm not probably, I won't go out on limb and be like, yo, I'm the finest thing in the world, but, but I had Chris options. Blue, right. You had options. I had options. Shoot. Chris Blue, I wasn't hurting for a date. I wasn't, you know? But she's lucky, bro. And we'll get to, we'll get to all your updates there. Nah, too. I'm, I'm so lucky, excited. Trust me. Yeah. I'm lucky. He said but anyway, it. but, but yeah. my, my point is like, I would make my decisions based off of like who I am. And, and like the type of woman that I want would have to be in alignment with, with again, with that and what I believed in. Yeah. And that just stems out um, to my, uh, you know, relationships outside of 
you know, the intimate relationships that I used to have. So that's how I built the team. Mm-hmm. A team. You have to have an A team and you have you do, to, man. it keeps you grounded and they don't have to be people in the business. There's too many misconceptions. I think with media and entertainment that your close circle has to be other musicians, other producers, other directors. No, they don't have to be in the business. You need to have a close team that does that stuff. That's yeah. very skilled and equipped to get you to where you want to go and where you all can go together but I found my closest friends have nothing to do with media and entertainment. And that is okay. Yeah. You need people in your life that just love you. Yeah. Right. They don't want anything from you. They don't need anything from you. Right. Which proves they don't want anything from you because they don't need it. Right. But you want to make sure you have people in your life that just simply love you. That's the most important thing. And for me, it was important. I, I, when I when I left the voice, I probably had more people in my circle, in my close, close circle that were, you know, outside of music industry than I did have inside the music industry. Because mm-hmm. I was more I was more I was more interested in in the man that I would become, you know, than the musician, because I, I feel like, you know, you know, I guess what most people say, cross their fingers or whatever, you know, knocking on wood all things continue to go well, I'll always be a singer. I'll always, yep. you know, have a love for music and a heart for, for music and be able to create, you know, but I feel like once you go start to go down that, that slippery slope yeah. of destruction, you know, mentally and emotionally as a human being, it's so much harder to climb out of that than it is to climb out of a, a sloping music career. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If that makes yeah. any sense. So I've spent more time, you know, harnessing, and cultivating the man that I wanted to to become and the man that I want to be um in the in the early part in the early stages of of, of my music career and I think it's and, and it's paid off and it's paying off because right now I'm dude I'm so happy I'm like I'm, I'm happy you're happy bro you feel me and a lot of a lot of artists struggle with that they have to they have to have x amount of followers they got to have x amount of this and got and 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 their measurement of success yeah. is like you know way way up there and they're like way way down and they're miserable mentally emotionally some physically just not in good places i know some of them personally just not yeah. in good places then I look at myself and i'm like i'm happy i'm good. i'm good uh, i'm good i'm good it's all that stuff's going to come. All yeah. that stuff's going to come. In time, it's going to come. Make sure you yourself as a man, you are grounded. You are rooted, right? And you are confident and you're stable mentally, physically, spiritually, and who you are. All those other things will be added eventually. Mm, mm, mm. Taking notes, people. Those who yeah. are listening. If you're watching, you get all the big bucks, right? You get, you get Chris saying that and you get to look at him. Bro, <laughs> you know what I remember reading? I want to switch gears here for a second and talk about the process because I I'm happy. You're happy. I'm really happy. You're happy because when I see people who are in our industry that are miserable or very competitive sometimes, or just constantly thinking about the next thing, I'm like, how the hell can you even be happy if you're not present enough to realize that you've built what you have right now, you know? And on that note, I remember reading and I was very fascinated to find this out because I was like, I never thought of this about Chris. Uh, you had mentioned that you had problems finishing things. And I wanted to hit on that today because same. I think anybody listening to this right now can feel that. Everybody has a hard time in today's world of like, there's just like so much happening in our lives. And there's so so much access to certain things uh, like social media or just having all these tools at our fingertips. It's like, you don't really know what to activate on and how much how how much of a deep dive to go into something anymore because it's all there and once you start a project sometimes it really is hard to finish it i guess particularly with you for music uh when do you first remember telling yourself that it was hard to finish something you know and then how did you kind of get over that to a point now where you are i'm assuming you're better at that yeah man um i probably recognized it uh maybe about a year before I went on the show. You know, I recognized like, yo, I start a lot of stuff, but I never finish 
any of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and it started with songs. Like I would I would have all these writing sessions, and mm-hmm. you know I would like I I didn't take music seriously until literally about a year before I went on The Voice. Hmm. So I, I officially became a, a solo artist, officially, officially, in my mind, about a year before. Uh, so back in 2016. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing writing sessions. I'm, I'm writing songs. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then I looked up one day and I'm like, I was telling somebody like, yeah, man, I got, I got a whole bunch of songs, you know, I've written. And they're like, yo, let me hear them. And I started going through my songs and I realized, dang, I only got like one verse and one, one hook. I never finished the song. I don't have a second verse. I don't have a chorus. And it's cool. Like if that's, if that's the intention to create one verse, one hook song, that's the intention is cool. But my intention was to have at least two verses, a bridge, you know what I'm saying? The traditional way of creating. And that's when I realized, you know, I don't, I didn't finish. And then in my relationships, Mm. I would be with a girl. I remember, man, I was in in high school. Like I would date a girl for like a month and I was like, I'm I'm ready to move on. Yeah. I'm done. Like, you know, I'm not interested anymore. Do you think some of that was just you feeling like you, you kind of like ring things out for what it's worth and then you're ready to move on. Or some of it was just, you like to start things maybe. And it's like, you just move on to the next thing and keep going. It's it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of, both I, I would say um because I'm very I'm a very fast learner I'm a very quick learner so like me like okay so I went through like maybe three or four books in three weeks yeah right <laughs> that's a lot it's a lot of books right I, in I can't weeks. do that in six months so but what happens is like I get the gist of what the book is talking about and for the for the most part, the rest yeah. of the book is saying the same thing, just, you know, with different words and different inflections. And so I'm just like, all right, boom, yeah. time I got it. I got it. I got what you were trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like every book, every, every, every idea or every thought, right. Yeah. Has a thesis, right. It's a thesis. So once you understand that thesis, you got move it. On. Move wow. on. Go to the next one. It's a whole nother way to look at the question I asked you, because that's true. It, I think you just learn fast enough to realize it's time to move on. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then in, yeah. with relation to music, maybe it, that's a whole different thing because you have to finish the song, but yeah, with yeah, relation yeah. to everything else in life, because you mentioned that before previously, like I couldn't, it was with my relationships and I, I would start all of these things in life, music aside, right? Music, we know you're finishing songs because I've been hearing a lot of your stuff anyway, right? But with personal stuff, that is very interesting. If you are a fast learner, odds are you're going to quickly realize when things just don't no longer have a place in your life and you just move on, be it a relationship, a book. That's funny because maybe like, especially with books, don't you think? Watch, watch the next time we talk, you like, Chris, I just read 20 books in the last month. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah probably bro. Oh, Cause like you're, you're a smart guy, you're a fast learner. And like you said, like once you get it, you got it. You got it. Trust that you got it. Because why waste time? There's the bigger picture. I don't think you should waste time if you don't feel like it's necessary. I, I tell people all the time, time, oh my gosh, is so valuable. Probably the most valuable thing <laughs> on earth that we don't have control of. Right. Right? You ain't got no control. You could, your calendar could be by the 15-minute mark, and you still, that's not really you controlling no, it. It's not you. Nah. Once you spend, right, once you invest in time or once you spend time, you can't get you can't get that second back. You can invest in time and then your future will blossom into something beautiful or great that you want to create for your future. But the second in itself, once you spend that second, mm-hmm. it's gone. It's gone. It's, just think about that for a second, Justin. Right. We've been on this call for nearly 20 30 minutes already 40 40 minutes <laughs> thanks <laughs> see i'm done see like and and as much fun as i'm having with you those seconds are gone from from both of our lives we luckily can't. we spent them together doing like you, you know, know what talking we about had. yeah making the most of it absolutely you know but a lot of people don't do that a lot of people are spending time on stuff that's 
making them miserable. So if you're going to spend the time, make sure it's on something that you really want to spend that time doing. How much time do you spend with family? Oh man. Um, family is, family is, uh, probably second in command on my hierarchy of, of priorities. It's God, family, people. So I spend a lot of time with my family. Like I will cancel meetings and I will not do certain things or go and hang out just to spend it with my family. Um, I, a lot of my best friends are right in my family and it's crazy. Right. You know, a lot of people I know personally, you know, don't like it when in-laws come around, don't like it when, you know what I'm saying? Not messing with the blood. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> y'all can come over for the holidays. Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't come over on the Sunday cookout in the backyard because we're not having it. We just want to be with the close one. Yeah, I get it. So, I mean, and I guess coming from a big family has been able to help us, help me cultivate that relationship with each of them. But yeah. um, I don't know, man, we've all just, we're really tight, really close. Um, we don't always see eye to eye, but like what family does. You know, you're supposed to, yeah, you're supposed to correct each other. You're supposed to disagree, agree to disagree. Yep. All of that stuff. And we right. do it well. Oh, Trust good. me. We do it well. <laughs> we, a lot of times, you know, uh, agree to disagree. And sometimes we disagree to disagree, but. <laughs> do you think the world would be in more, how do I put this without getting political? Do you think the world would be a better place? Let me just be frank. <laughs> Come on with it, Do you think the world would be a better place if we treated people more like family, especially when you think about how blunt you are with family, how real you are, how honest and loving you are with family? I would say the world would be a better place if we treated each other's like we treat healthy family relationships. Because you got some family relationships. <laughs> That's true. <right? laughs> like that bluntness. Like I'm being blunt and I'm being real about what I got to say, but sometimes this criticism, yeah, it's straight criticism. It's not constructive. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hurt you. Like I've been around those families. Um, but you know, for the, for, um, for those families that, you know, really showcase and, and, and are, uh, uh, an example of what family should look like, not supposed to look like from every angle, especially from a love standpoint, I would mm -hmm. say, yeah, man, if we treated each other like family and looked at our neighbors as our brothers, our sisters, you know what I mean? And, and allowed love, right, to be the overarching uh, theme or arcing theme, then I think the world would be a much, much better place. It would be a lot easier yeah. and smoother um, uh, climate to live in. I fully believe that. Yeah. I'll pray that That's we good, get you should you, you should use that as your uh, campaign slogan when you uh, <laughs> don't even don't even <laughs> wait say it when you, yeah when you go out when you go out for the presidency you should use that for your <laughs> campaign slogan you gonna be my VP I got you I you got heard you. it here first uh, give us a decade what do you think yeah a little bit more than that okay fine. <laughs> Let's get to the highest of highs in our career and then we'll yeah. in the decline and you know your your voice of an angel starts sounding more right. like you right, know what I'm saying? Right. When it starts sounding more like Kermit the Frog or or not necessarily an angel. You just come knocking on the front door and you say, Hey man, you ready to go run? Yeah. That's all you have I'll to probably, say. I'll probably be in my my wheelchair or my not hope not wheelchair, but I, I might, you know, be my pace might be a little slow. My knock <laughs> might be a little light. But. Knock, knock. <laughs> hey man, you're ready to go. Right. <laughs> and we'll go to office. Oh, I love that. Cause it's right. I mean, I think the, someone who would make the best leader political or not, the best leader knows how to treat people and knows how to build people up and knows how to um, love people for who they are. We know that, but I can't express it enough, especially like everybody we brought on the show, including yourself brings that to the table, yeah. which makes for such fruitful conversation, but also it, uh, it, it, so relatable to your yeah. point earlier how <clears throat> people will get into hollywood or they'll start rising the ranks of their industry and start acting like their time away from people is more important but sometimes your 30 second hello how are you doing it's great to see you thanks for being here is much more 
than I think fans could ask of people nowadays and, and, you know, fans in addition to everybody else, but it's really just treating people like human. Um, I live, you know? I live by this and I'll, and then we'll move on. I live by this inspiration is everything. Mm. Intimidation is nothing. Right. So what that simply means is when you're, when you're trying to get someone to do something for you, when mm -hmm. you inspire them to do something for you, they'll give you everything they have. But when you intimidate them or you try to use fear as a mechanism to get them to do what you want them to do, they'll give you the very minimal just so you can leave them alone or you can shut up. So I've, I've lived by lit man, inspire people. The greatest leaders, they inspire you and they get the best out of you and they get everything out of you. The worst leaders, they intimidate you and you get this much, just enough so you can shut up. Mm -hmm. So- Leadership 101. You ready to write a book? Put those other six down that you read in the two to three weeks. Go ahead and write a book. I think that's something you could totally start and finish. <laughs> and finish. Right. Two things already coming out of this. We're running for office, both you and I, <laughs> like long down the road. And then we'll both write a book. Okay. I'll help oh. you write it. Chris, I bring up family because uh, I think you got a little message you want to share. But <laughs> who's ready to have a child? Ah! No, not me. I'm not ready, but you're ready. But I, I have to be ready because it's coming. It's coming, man. I'm about to be a daddy, a girl daddy at that. That's going to be so exciting because listen, it's new. I and you've seen it. You were raised by a very strong woman, and mm. you're about to raise this young lady to be just like her. I have no doubt about it. You know, man, I've I've always wanted um, a, a boy child first because I I felt like they would you know they'd be easier, mm. easier to handle, easier financially, easier just in every way. Like I just thought like <laughs> boy kids would be just a lot easier. Like right, you know, and that cute when the cuteness wears off, then you get attitude, and it's like you oh, don't want that because then yeah. the rebellious age comes. Yeah, and like, you know, most boys are, are they pretty easy. They're easy on the woman during the pregnancy. They're easy after like age five or six. It's just like, you know, the heartbreaks and stuff are like minimal. Yeah. And not, you know, you ain't got to worry about the, the changes aren't as bad. So it's just like, yeah, I want to, I want to, I want my first go round to be a boy. So, you know, I can just warm up to it. That's not going to happen. So what are you going to do now, man? You have a plan B because the girl's coming <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what my. I'm gonna do what my father-in-law used to do. So he had three girls in the house, including mm -hmm. three girls plus his wife, so four women. And <laughs> there came a time where all of them were kind of, they got synced up, right? And yeah, all four of them was synced up. And so he would he would lie and say, "Hey guys," he would get dressed, put on a suit. And lie and say, hey guys, I'm, yeah, I'm going to church. I'll, I'll be back in a couple hours. Yeah. And he would just go sit in the car. <gasps> he would go sit in the car. <laughs> it would just like watch Netflix or read a book just or just get, get the hell out. Just get out. So, wait. You, I, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you don't have to do that. But hey, it, it's true. When you get a house full of women, it's a whole different territory you're treading on as the only man in the house. Listen, I'm keeping it in my back pocket. Hopefully right. I won't, but it'll it'll stay back there just in case. Oh man, I'll pay for that Netflix subscription, buddy. <laughs> I'll make sure you stay sane. Uh, you mentioned you and your wife. I'm so excited for the both of you. This is, gonna be, this is great. Um, this is like that step, I think, in relationships. People just are, you're waiting for it. You know, my yeah. brother and his wife, are about to try to have a kid now. And there's, this is, this is the moment people wait for, cause then you get to actually build something, you know, you're going to build your music career right here, right here, here it goes. And then you want to build also a family in, you know, in, in relation to that. Yeah. Uh, but before you guys have the child, you mentioned you were like a retreat. You guys had to get away for a little bit uh, for people who are in relationships. I wanted you to open up, up about this. What did you guys learn when you go on like a retreat of some kind, just the two of you before that baby comes into your life? You learn that the time you have together is more valuable than you think and mm. than you thought, you know? Right. It's been just us two for, you know, the past X years together. And right. that's all we've ever known. So once baby girl gets here, we're about to shift everything, right? 
everything is about to be about her. Yep. And so you have to spend uh, or invest that time into each other before the child comes. Yep. Because you have to remember anytime two individuals come together to make a third, right? Mm -hmm. That third is an extension of the love that the two individuals possess or came together to create, right? Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of parents say, my child, I love my child more than anything. And I cringe when I hear that. Because if you're married or if you have a spouse or if you're in a relationship where you guys are still together and you're working on that, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I respectfully disagree. Yeah. Your child should, you should never love your child more than you love your husband. Or husband, you should never love your child more than you love your wife. Mm. Because remember that child is an extension and it should be an overflow of the love that you have for each other. Again, my, my view, my opinion. Yep. So if you two split apart or you two don't work out, I mean, the love, the, the potential of love that you can give that child together far outweighs the potential amount of love you can give that child as an individual or as co-parent. And again, I'm not against, I'm not against the co-parenting. I'm not against like, if, if the two parties don't work out, they don't work out. I, yep. I come from a family like that. You know, my mom and dad divorced and didn't work out, but just imagine the amount of love I could have received had they stayed together. Mm. It would have been more, it would have been, maybe double or triple or quadruple of the love that, you know, I've been able to receive from, you know, each individual parent, yep. you know? Um, so that's why I, I, we spend the time together because we understand that our baby is a blessing from God and is an extension. It's, it's, our baby is an overflow of the love that we've shown each other. Mm. Like there was a time, there was a period in our life where, Honestly, I don't think we we needed to have any children. Like we wasn't, we weren't ready. Yeah. I don't think we loved each other enough or loved each other the way we should, you know, to produce a child and then love that child the way that child deserves to be loved. Mm. So we had to grow in love so that the child could receive the overflow and the extension of that. And she's going to. Yes, she you is. Know? And if y'all aren't ready to provide it, you better get ready because she, <laughs> when, when can we expect, like, when are we expecting? Um, definitely this spring at some point, the, the date keeps great. changing. Yeah. Yeah. The date keeps changing, but sometime in the spring, you call me, I'm excited. I got you, you. Just call me until then you go mentally prepare for that. Uh, yeah. speaking of mental preparation, I remember when your latest album came out fresh start, I couldn't help, but think that, that there had to have been some idea about giving yourself a fresh start when doing that. Uh, I want to talk about you as a musician now. I mean, cause you as a daddy can wait, we'll bring you back anytime when you want to talk about the kids, right? Especially right. once it's actually coming to fruition. I can't wait. Yeah, man. I'm going to wait a long time. Listen, Chris, I take your time, right? I'll have the kid before we run for office, but I will definitely <laughs> wait a very, very long time. Fresh Start, I love the song, the single Fresh Start, but then the entire album that you created. I mean, we, I think anybody that looks at the titles of this, the, the songs and listens to it, clear as day that this is something you were wanting to put out as a reminder to folks that not only should you give yourself the opportunity to look at a reset button, but you need to press that sometimes. So for oh, yeah. you, when you put out that album, how much of that went into the songs and, you know, what were you really hoping people would come out, come away from having listened to it? Um, it's never too late for a fresh start. Mm. Like we all are human beings. Um, we have different backgrounds and we come from different places and have different experiences. And, you know, we make mistakes, we make decisions, some we're proud of, some we're not. And so my thing was always like, listen, it's never too late to just start over. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. It's never too late to just press reset, you know, regroup because experience, experience, um, as I struggle with this one too, like a lot of people say experience is the best teacher. Mm -hmm. For me, it's been instruction. Yep. Instruction's been my best teacher, you know, 
But sometimes when I didn't follow those instructions, I had to go through something to learn it. Sure. So um, that's what I wanted people to get out of it, man. I wanted people to understand that, like, I'm a life musician. I'm not just, I'm not just a, a musical creator. Like, I'm a musical creator that I'm trying to, I'm trying to change your life. I want you to think. Yeah. yeah. I love that. If y'all heard a poot, I swear that was the chair. Listen, sometimes yeah. they, make they make these noises. Isn't that stupid? It was you, Justin. Own it, nah, man. It's cool. Gotta we good. It. No, I would have told you if I farted. <laughs> One thing about me, especially if we're going to run for office together and share a damn office, Chris Blue. <laughs> I better get ready. All oh, that is. <laughs> I better get ready. Thank God for these gas masks that people are creating because of COVID. I'm going to be well prepared. Trust me. <laughs> Chris, we got a couple minutes here. I wanted to ask you, what are you working on? Are you working on a baby? Are you working on any new music? If you are, um, tease it up, bro. If there's anything coming up for you that we can uh, get excited about, what would that be with music? Well, already, man, Back to the Future is out right now. You can go get that on all yep. digital streaming platforms. But in about a couple of weeks, I'm going to shoot my next video uh, for this That's new exciting. single that I'm about to put out, which I think this is a song that everybody's been waiting on me to produce, create, and put out since The Voice. Like, this is that sound. I, Everybody's I have, like, I yo, when you come out, it's gonna be this, 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 this. And like, people had this idea or this expectation of what the music is supposed to be like. And uh-huh. it's finally that. Ooh. It's finally that. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are we talking like top tier notes? Cause that's what I know. Top tier notes hitting and we need the emotion. We need the love, the passion, all of that's coming in the single. Everything, everything. It's, it's top tier notes, it's movement, it's upbeat. You got dances, it's, it's, it's everything. Let's do it. I won't ask you to give too much more away cause that's kills anticipation, right? Absolutely. Right, we can save up the anticipation for a little later. Yes. Chris, I can't thank you enough, buddy, uh, for not only coming by the podcast, but for being someone we can coin the man of the hour for many reasons that we've just talked about. Um, I've known you for a little bit now. Uh, I'm gonna say that we'll probably know each other for the rest of our lives. And I'm really excited about that. And not, literally, cause I think we're gonna run for office. So until then, <laughs> from one Knoxville brother to the other, I mean, you can call Florida home, but I'm gonna say that Knoxville is also home. So for, uh, for two of us boys that were, you know, had a lot of great experiences in Knoxville, you know, that's a, another connection that I know we oh, have, sure, but man. thank you for coming on the podcast, buddy. For anybody listening, I want to stop you really quickly and let you know that we're on Instagram and YouTube at men of the hour podcast, but more importantly, Chris blue is also on Instagram at Chris B live C H R I S B L I V E. And you can find his music anywhere again online. If you want to stream any of his music, if you just look up Chris Blue, you will find this handsome man. But he's taken, right? Because he has a, a wife and a beautiful baby on the way. So do not try to slide into those DMs, but certainly give him a follow. So you all know we like doing the most on the men of the hour. For anybody who's listening to the podcast, we're going to close this session now. Chris, thank you so much again for being thank here. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. K-Town, Knoxville, I love y'all. Polk County, love y'all. JC, appreciate you, bro. Oh, bro, you're the best. Hey, it's Justin Crawford, and I want to thank you so much for being here on this very episode today. I hope you enjoyed it, and we will certainly be back next Monday with another great guest. Until then, if you would be so kind as to leave a rating and review right here, we would love to hear your thoughts on the show and how we can bring you exactly what you need. The Men of the Hour podcast is also on Instagram and YouTube at Men of the Hour podcast, where you can find the full video interviews with our guests and all the sneak peek exclusives. Thanks again for listening. Now get out there and make a positive change for yourself and those around you.